the State of Legacy. You might remember me from a different Arizona podcast, OG Dropcast, but we're kind of mixing things up, you know, with the whole state of the world and everything changing. We decided to change our names again. So, uh, with me, we have Espy as always. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, also from O2 Dropcast, now with State of Legacy, with David, and we uh, we also have a new uh, new member of the group. How's it going, guys? I'm Sydney. Sydney Hernandez, you've probably seen me in the round playing some games. Uh, just glad I'm going to be able to play and uh, podcast with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah Sydney, if no one's met him before, he's a great UR Delver player that's honestly been crushing me. A lot of games lately, and is uh, I gotta get my revenge on you, but you know I'll get that soon. I'll get that soon. Um, let's. Um... Anyway, so uh, we're as always we're gonna continue to talk about legacy at large. Um, we're also gonna talk about you know some of the finance aspects of legacy, how it's you know been impacted due to COVID. Um, we're gonna touch on some of the double double master spoilers today that uh, may impact legacy. Um, and then uh, we're just going to, I think, wing it. I think that's what we've always done, and it's always kind of yeah. worked out for us. So. It's yeah. been fun. It's going to um, be a completely organic thing. So. Sweet. Um, so what have you guys been playing lately? I know you guys didn't play in paper. If you have, it's some underground, black market, uh, speakeasy-style legacy. Well, you know, as you know, we can't go into those because we don't want our speakeasy events to cancel because of their exactly. knowledge. So. Yeah, on Moto, I've been playing Ants, as always. Uh, not as always, I've been just like a Storm player lately. I remember when you used to be a Doomsday player. I yeah, I remember I that too. I miss those days. I miss those days. And I the like... deck's like better than it's ever been, and you're not a Doomsday player anymore. Do you not want to go back to that? <laughs> the deck is completely different. Like, I agree, like, it is a Doomsday deck, but it's now more on the lines of a show-and-tell deck, as in... You have your one card, Doomsday, or I see... I've never honestly like played Show and Tell myself a lot to make this comparison too much, but I see it as like you have your Show and Tell card and you have your piece, and then you have a little piece of protection, and you kind of just go for the combo and hope for the best. And now I kind of see Doomsday being in the same way. You have your Doomsday card, you have your cantrip to get into the pile, or you kind of make it a pass the turn pile, you just kind of set up some protection and kind of hope for the best. It no longer is like a storm type variant of creating. It's still, I don't know, I still have to count to 10. Whenever I just like win the game instead of counting to 10, it's a different phenomenon for me. I mean, it's real interesting because you used to love playing Doomsday and now that it's got more consistent and got more wins it's just like now you don't want to do it anymore yeah i i might be the hipster kid just like <laughs> unknowingly but like it's maybe it's that. i think it's possibly the style of the way the deck is like progressed and i think goblins is a great example of that right like yes. uh we we as everyone probably knows we have a couple goblins players in the community and goblins has always been like a very intricate deck where it's like I need to tutor this guy with Matron and like doing all the math. Whereas now there's like a combo aspect to it. And then there's also just the blowout aspect of it with like Muxus. So I don't think it's as thought provoking or as difficult to pilot as it used to be, uh, at least for goblins. Yeah. And I think it might be the same, uh, same way for doomsday where it's just like, I'm trying to get set up this pile and then I get Thassa's Oracle and I win. Right. Yeah. I, it's definitely a different style of play. I bet a lot of doomsday players have converted to it, but I think like a different crowd has also 
keep me into the dead. right and see with the goblins and it it, it kind of like showcases people's personalities and the games how they like because i think we had mentioned that i, I play blue red delver mm-hmm. and it's because there is that cantrippy blue mage part of it with brainstorming ponders but you also have the aggro side with like volts arcanists and delvers and i've know myself enough to, that that's what I like playing. Yeah. I, whenever I see anybody playing Storm, I'm like, I don't want to do any of that thinking. I don't want to, like, craft the perfect seven cards to get to ten. I just want to play a threat, mess you guys up just enough to, like, cross that finish line. And, like, it, for me, those types of games feel, feel more rewarding for both players. So you're not trying to sculpt the perfect no. hand. You're just trying to cast everything and then kill them. Well, and then create enough disruption to sure. stop you. So, like, you're going to play it, like, a powerful spell. I'm like, no, I'll just pay one more for it, or I'll wasteland one of your lands. And then uh, I, I, I'm not also a combo player. I've tried playing some of those combo decks, and I just, it just to me, is not fun. I, I see that a combo is definitely like its own like flavor of magic. You're no longer looking at just the simple, simple back and forth. You're kind of just trying to take the game for a completely different ride and try to win on your own. Such a storm, like, creature kill spells, they don't mean anything against you. Uh, uh, You get a little protection there? Yeah. But, Sydney, have you been playing online lately? So, yeah, with, with Corona being the force that it is recently, we have had to change how we play this, this format, this great format known as Legacy. And I've had to bite the bullet and go into Moto. So this is, in this quarantine time, is me slowly building up my Moto collection because I didn't have anything. And realizing, like, the high cost of buying a Force of Will digitally. <laughs> or buying a Force of Will after you've had a playset for years right. and having to rebuy into the cards that you physically own. It, it, and it's just this new thing. And I know there's rental services out there. I just, to me... I know it's a great option for some folks, but I want to own the product, even though I, it, it'll just limit me to one deck, which is, I'm completely fine with in playing in Blue Red Delver. So you like owning those zeros and ones? Those zeros and ones, yeah. And it, and really, like, not spending too much in it, I've, I've started, like, slowly buying bigger and bigger cards, value cards, and just playing budget versions of Blue Red Delver. And yeah. getting some wins, you know. It's still playable, but it's not going to be competitive, so I've not gotten any leagues yet. Yeah, uh, I do a very similar aspect of you. Like, I just play Storm, so I just invested in the Storm side of the Moto. But how is the different side of the Moto that I see? So I signed up for Mana Traders last year because I had to prepare for the Players Tour. Oh yeah. So I had yeah right. Uh, I did not do well. A spoiler, but no. So like I had to start playing Pioneer. So I originally purchased it for that, uh, so that I could practice Pioneer because I was not going to buy the cards in paper, and I ended up borrowing the deck that I played at the tournament. But I bought it for for Moto, so I could uh, just try all the different decks, and then I ended up keeping it because I can play any Legacy deck I want, right? Like I had Dark Depths, so like I've always played. I played Dark Depths for a while. Um, I ended up selling the Dark Depths deck and just going with the, the subscription, which I really enjoy because I pay 55 bucks a month. I can rent any deck in any format I want. Um, and it allows you to try out fun lists, right? Like, for example, like Tony, one of the local guys, Anthony Hare and I, we rented a deck the other day, this weird blue, uh, this uh, Azorius Urza Bomberman deck. We rented it. We played it. 
trade the cards back, right? So I like the flexibility of being able to try whatever you'd like. Um, you know, if you see a new fun list, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to invest any money. Uh, you can rent it out, run it through a league, run it through a tournament room if you don't think it's that great. Um, get a feel for it and then ship it back, right? Um, and then if you if you play enough, and I don't really play it enough online, but if you were to play enough leagues and do well, like you can kind of go infinite with the Mana Traders account where your winnings cover the cost of your subscription. Yeah. So I, I enjoy it, and I enjoy the flexibility of being able to play whatever I like. I don't think Dark Depths is really super well positioned right now, um, mainly because of cards like Oko, Veil of Summer, um, and then, I mean, Rugged Elver is doing well, but... I'm sorry? Before this cast, I went on MTG Top 8, and in the last two months... Rug Delver and Dark Depths are the two most played decks. Yeah, Dark Depths is the top combo deck right now, and I think a lot of that's because uh, Negator77 or Tom Hep is just running through leagues right now. Uh, he's I think he's a trophy leader right now, and he, he plays Dark Depths. Uh, the, the deck's fine. I have just not been feeling it lately. Um, so I've been playing around with stuff like uh, Blue Green Omni Show, which I really really like a lot. And then I've also been enjoying playing the, the Titanic Dryad deck that plays Dryad Evolution Grove. And then the idea is to eventually get into a prime time, which hits your Valakutes, and the, the Dryad turns everything into a mountain. Or it, it turns everything... Every land has all land types, so it's like uh, Prismatic Omen, I guess. I think that's the card. So you're kind of scape-shifting your oppo opponent almost. So I like that deck, and then uh, I, I guess we'll go into it a little bit later, but I do like Chalice decks right now. I think Chalice decks are pretty good in the meta. So, But I, I love the subscription accounts. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And also, I think the volatility of the, the online market, right? Like, Muxus was recently, like, mo most recently, like, 60, 70 tickets yeah, it was each. It was, it was and now it's, like, 30 tickets, right? Yeah. I mean, there is some risk involved in any... I mean, we're playing a collectible trading card game where, like, like with the new spoilers that's coming out with the new set, things are dropping like crazy. Yeah. And, and that's, I guess, an inherent in this, in, this, in this beautiful game known as Magic the Gathering, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, like I remember, for me it was years, years ago. But I bought LEDs online, and I wanted the Mirage art because I'm that type of, of course OD purist, yeah. right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, I I think I spent I can't remember if it was twenty five or fifty. Uh, I'd have to look up what the price was, but I spent a ridiculous amount on the LEDs. And now recently looking them up, they're about like three tickets each. Wow. And Sure, like the mono meta has shifted towards other things, such as like Thoughtseize being a great card. But like, I definitely see the advantage in the rental service. What I personally was thinking is just buying like the core set of a deck and then just doing like the rental service at the lowest tier so I could rent all the alternations of the deck. But yeah, I still have the core of like the dual lands and the fetch lands. So I don't have to pay as much of yeah. a monthly fee. Yeah, I've heard of other people doing that, and that's smart. Yeah, LEDs are six tickets now. Oh, <laughs> okay, double, cool, double cool. the price, Making guys. some of my yeah. money back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think it like it really shows like the different types of people that want to play. Like, I don't want to be monkeying around with random builds. I just want to hone my my goodness on blue red Delver. So like, all right, if I have to pay a premium just uh when it's an upswing on a specific card I, I have to bite that bullet but i'm not going to do it all at once i'm not going to drop like two thousand sure. on a virtual product well fortunately <laughs> i think the most expensive like you said x is only like 700 tickets but okay. I, I get your point spending 200 bucks on four digital cards is expensive like yeah. 
That's like four video games that you could buy. Yep, yep. But now owning all these digital cards, we can play in these new tournaments popping up. SB, you recently played in the NRG series? I did. Uh, so myself and another local player, uh, Tony Murata, played in it. Tony did much better than me. He uh, made top eight. But yeah, so it was uh, Nerd Rage Games. They did a legacy event. It was like a $10 entry. Pretty cool. I hadn't played in any events in a while, and I figured that we're not going to be playing paper anytime soon. I was like, you know, we'll try this out. I was a little hesitant at first because it was open deck list, and I typically play like a combo-ish deck. So having knowing my opponent knowing what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do before they, you know, choose to keep. Absolutely. Well, and then I think you had an opponent who was playing like main deck meddling mage. Yeah, yeah. So so, turn two, he can just completely stop your show and tell. Yeah, so. Exactly. So, like, I wasn't a big fan of it, but you know, it was ten bucks, so I joined. Whatever. I I went three three, so I didn't do too great. But yeah, like, uh, I'm not a fan of open deck lists. Um, and, and so I got burned twice by uh against Hogak deck. Uh, they turn one, uh, game one, uh, Cabal Therapy name show and tell took my show and tell. <laughs> and then in the next match, my opponent on again, like, I played like a land and a, an island brainstorm. And then they they were on the play, so they had already played like a cavern or something and, and cast Mother of Ruins. And then the next turn, they played like an island and they cast Meddling Mage, no, naming Show and Tell. Yeah, it hoses the so like yeah, like I have. I mean, I, I guess I could Cunning Wish for Echoing Truth. I can't even because they have Mother of Ruins. So like yeah, like I'm just dead there. So that is rough. I wasn't a big fan of the open deck list. I still had a lot of fun. If they do another one, I'll join it. But I, I wish there was some way to prevent the open deck list. But I understand like they want to prevent cheating as well. Yeah. So, there has but, to be some kind of media in there. Um, I heard a Card Titan is trying to do an eternal weekend, which they're gonna actually supply digital. all the cards. Well, I know that's for Gen Con. Yeah, so like for Gen Con, I think for the Legacy and Vintage tournament, you get like God accounts, or you have access to a God account where you have the entire card pool. That is, I think that's a great way for Magic to kind of just move forward towards this COVID crisis, right? Of, so someone mentioned this, and I thought it was such a brilliant idea. Like, instead of mana traders and card orders and all these subscription services, what if Wizards just charged 15 bucks a month, and you had access to the entire card pool, and then you get to play Magic. You play whatever you want. I mean, they have that in, like, Standard World, kind of like Arena. I don't know if, like, with these Eternal formats that, like, people... Like, so all the collect... What, what happens to people that have been collecting... I mean, out of luck. Oh, sorry, guys. Like, it's tough, but like, <laughs> imagine the amount of money they would make. They they can make so much money. Like, I would pay fifteen bucks a month in a heartbeat to be able to have access to the entire library. But then, yeah, it, it destroys the economy, right? The secondary market's gone. All the bots are gone. The trading is gone. But True. is that even a positive to the to the format or the game? I, I don't know. I think it, like they have the subscription through Mana Traders if. Wizards themselves offered said prescription, but still gave the option for players like me and Sydney that just stick on one deck. Go ahead and buy your cards, and you don't have to do the subscription. I like sure, that sure, idea. yeah, yeah. Well, that'd obviously that'd be an option. That would still like promote a secondary market in some ways. But I think yeah, so. Given out to a regular player, that sure, play just magic. Like and then, how, would there be winnings? I mean, how well, would you do drafts? I, I, I think it would still be the same, right? Like you so would just pay. I think you can pay 
pay for your monthly subscription with said tickets. And then for entry, right? Like, yeah. I don't think the, the landscape of it changes much outside no. of the fact that Wizards allows you to pay 15, 20 bucks a month and you basically have access to like a God account where you have all the cards. You can't trade them. You can't sell them. Nothing like that. Okay. You just have the ability to play any deck you want and you pay 20 bucks a month. Again, it would... All the you still have to pay ten dollars to enter a league. Okay. Yeah, you're still paying to enter events. It's just how you access cards. Because right now, like again, even paying fifty five bucks a month of mana traders every month, like, while I enjoy, it's nice and all. That's like seven hundred bucks a year. Like, yeah, it adds that's up. a decent it amount of money. Like that's a chunk of change. And like Wizards as a company, they could generate revenue by charging you know fifteen bucks a month, and you have access to the legacy card pool. Maybe you know, and maybe they have different tiers, right? Yeah. You have the standard package. I I don't know, but. Exactly, because like it sucks. To, like if you don't want to do rental service, it sucks to pay four or five hundred bucks for a digital deck. Exactly. Yeah. So, but moving forward, I also seen um, a couple of countries around the world have been playing in person magic. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had that luxury. I heard uh, in Australia, Brisbane Games has been able to throw a couple tournaments. I bet they're doing it nice and safe over there. They have barely any cases of COVID, so good on them. But Legacy has kind of turned into a digital format. Um, I think Legacy's super resilient, right? Like, it's yeah, always yeah. going to survive. And, like, it'll, like, uh, like uh, what is his name? Um, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. And Legacy, <laughs> Legacy finds, finds a way. It always, like it'll, it always will, right? Like, every, you know, Wizards stopped supporting it, you know, what, last year, this year? Yeah. Kind of, it, it's kind of this year, right? It, and then, like, all these big tournaments started to crop up. The 100K, the 40K, the 20K. Obviously, some of them got postponed and canceled, but, like, Legacy will always live on, right? And, like, there's paper Legacy... Uh, like Skype events where people yep. are playing the with camera. Yeah. webcams. There's tons of Modo. So like Legacy is always going to be there, right? Because there's just enough people that love the format and love magic that it's going to stick around, right? Um, unfortunately, we live in the United States and even more unfortunately, we live in Arizona the where we're just, everyone's so irresponsible. Spot. People don't want to be inconvenienced to wear a mask. They all want to go party. So uh, we're, we're in timeout a little bit longer than the rest of the world. But it, it sounds like other countries are able to play Legacy in paper and in person yeah. now. Actually, good for them. Uh, I hope you guys are having fun out there because no, we're still we're still messing up over here. I think Haruhi in Japan is having some paper really? events too. So, has everybody got like masks on, gloves? Are there actually pictures of like what these events are looking like? I've I've different. seen oh. the results. I've not seen pictures of it, but again, Haruhi is a huge. It's a huge shop. I remember we traveled to Japan before, before this whole entire crisis. About sixty percent of the population wore masks just to wear masks because they wore masks. Well, yeah, and courtesy, I think it's right? out of courtesy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they don't want to get others sick. Face. They yeah. respect the bubble, like, yeah, like they they're prepared for this, right? And like, I think this is the life that we're in now, like where we wear masks. But they were they're ahead of the curve. They so, were, they were. So kudos so to them. So, so would you guys, after this all blows over, when it does, Corona, will you be masking up regardless? I mean, now that, it, like, if it's recommended, and it, I 100% will, right? Yeah, like, I think that'd probably be the Japanese way. I don't yeah, have the mask. I don't mind. It, yeah, it might be the new way of life, honestly. Um, we've gotten very lucky, you know, not avoiding pinch situations like this for so long, and it finally happened. So, like, and, and, and as Magic players who've all been to tournaments, like, people will go play Magic when they're sick as yeah, shit, right? Bad. Like, people it's will so go there bad. sick. They don't give a shit about anyone else that they want to play. So, like, 
I think I, I think in certain situations and environments, like it would be ideal to wear a mask. So, like if I go to a magic tournament, I might want to wear a mask. So yeah, but anywhere where you're in the world, you can always enjoy some double masters coming. Double masters. Oh my gosh. More like bulk rear masters. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay, so I think I think we're gonna transition to that right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so I think we're halfway through spoilers right now. Um, but we've got a decent little list of cards that are being reprinted into uh, in that set. Um, obviously, you know, you have the staples like Force of Will and Jace, the Mind Sculptor. Force of Will recently was a hundred and thirty-ish dollars a card. For, wow. for the paper versions, wow, right? Wow. And I think a lot of it was due to, like, the the situation with Therese Nielsen. Yeah. Where Wizards, uh, you know, announced that they were going to be dropping her and no longer printing her art, right? So well, if you yeah. ever wanted Alliance art or Eternal Masters art, you had to get it, right? You, you'll never have the opportunity again. Outside of the fact that it was reprinted in Double Masters, but that art will never be reprinted again moving forward. Yeah. So they're offering a different art for some players. Yeah, for the uh, extended art. Oh, okay. The extended art, yeah, so like the full art is a different art by Scott Fisher. Okay. Um, and it looks great. It's phenomenal. Nice. Um, but the the normal set art is still the Eternal Masters Trace Nielsen art. Okay. Um, check out these arts. Yeah. I saw the new art, the and uh, I wasn't that big of a fan of like that full art. I mean, uh, I love the the OG Alliance. You know, the Wolverine, like, Force of Will, it gives that, that pretty good. visceral feel of actually countering a spell. This, I can see how some people like it. It's it's a newer type of, like, magic art. More of that, like, comic book look. I like the squirrels. I don't know. I, I like it. it I, I feel like she's different. red and blue. I feel like the original Force of Will had a lot of red and blue. Yes, it did. On. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I definitely like that new art. I mean, if I like the original, like, if we actually pull up the art of it, you can actually see the things that are coming at her are like comets. Yeah, it's like or fireballs F- or something like that. Yeah, 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 and she's deflecting it with blue magic, but but that doesn't read to me when I look at the card without the, the all the art there. This could also be like a pyroblast, huh? Or a blue elemental blast, right? Like or like or hydro hydro blast, right? Yeah, a, a blue a spell countering blast. red spells, right? Because mm-hmm. but I can see that. I, don't, I like I like the art. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that it kept the color theme. Exactly, um, and obviously more reprints of for- these like highly desirable legacy cards are always welcomed. You know, so Force of Will got reprinted. Jason Mind Sculptor is being reprinted. Um, a big one for me because I didn't have a set at the time. Mox Opal. You know, I purchased Mox Opals right before the review. Really? Yeah, it's okay. I, I still paid like forty-five. Each. Not, not terrible. You didn't not buy bad. it for a hundred bucks. Not bad. But like, I definitely finally bought some because I never had some, and now I shouldn't have bought some. Those but. buyer's remorse. You're like, oh, if only would have waited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I, and I think there is a, a, you know, it begs the question: like, is it smart to buy paper magic cards during this pandemic where we're not having any paper magic anytime soon? Like, I, I think it's smart if. You're getting these these staples, and there's a reduction of price. Like if again, like Force of Will, like it dropped in price. The opals, uh, for sure. Oh yeah, I got my opals today for a hundred, a hundred, uh, a playset of Mox opals for a hundred and thirty bucks. That's a really good price. Super good. Yeah, I think if a card gets reprinted and like the price fluctuates down, once we are able to go out into the world and play Magic, I don't see those prices going down soon after that. They're yeah. only going to go up because of, oh, hey, we can finally go out. We can finally go play. So I think if there's a reprint, I would, I would buy the card. I, 
I think my mock soul, I kind of rushed on, but I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to buy him. Chrome Ox is getting a reprint. Yeah, well. I want I want a playset of Chrome Oxes. Yeah, Chrome Oxes yeah. are like $50. I just can't pull that trigger on that. I remember they're like five bucks. <laughs> I bought mine at seven each and have never looked. <laughs> so you have a playset? <laughs> They've been in my box oh, man. since then. I've never played them even. I had some for a while, and then I, I I don't know what deck it was for. I didn't play it obviously that much, and then I sold them, and now they're like they're like sixty bucks, fifty sixty bucks. Crazy. Um, so yeah, Chrome. I, a lot of good artifacts being reprinted in this set. So you have Mox Opal, Chrome Mox. Um, keeping in the vein of the uh, artifacts, you have the, the swords. I think sort of Fire and Ice, sort of Warm Peace. What are they like right now? Like so, sort of Fire and Ice was like fifty sixty bucks. Yeah, I want to say it bad. I think, and I think a lot of this is because of Commander. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Big because of commander. Because honestly, swords aren't. I mean, Stoneforge decks are. I don't think are very good right now. They haven't been good for a while. But yeah, the swords were expensive. Fire Knights was like 50, 60 bucks. <clears throat> I don't know how much War and Peace is. I think that was the other one reprinted. Uh, you also have Trinisphere, which was creeping up. Trinisphere was like 40, 50 bucks for a while. They are reprinted. Again, they are reprinted at Mythic. So like how much the price is going to drop is, you know, probably not too much. But again, yeah, Trinisphere is not a card that's played often, but it was like $50, $60. Yeah. Um, you have Ensnaring Bridge, which, uh, and again, printed at Mythic. So, uh, and, and that one, actually, the price has tanked quite a bit. I think you can buy copies for like 15 bucks. And oh, Ensnaring nice. Bridge is a good card to have yeah. in your Legacy Collection. And then Walking Ballista, printed at Rare, and that's another card that was like 20 30 bucks. Walking Ballista had started to creep up a lot. Um, a lot of good artifacts in this. Yeah, tons of good artifacts. Um, so would you think that it, with these new reprints, you, you would drop the price down like 20% of what it used to be? I think it's dependent on the card and the rarity it's printed at. Okay. Like some of the Mythics, they might change, like they might drop a little bit, but I think anything printed at rare is going to probably tank a bit, a mm -hmm. good bit. Um, and then also like the, the amount of play they see, right? Walking Bliss is a pretty popular card, and I think it's played Modern as well as Legacy, so I don't know how much that will drop. But, I mean, we've seen it with Mox Opal, who are like 32 bucks. And Snaring Bridge is $15, because it's usually a sideboard card. Yeah. Um, you also have Stoneforge Mystic that was reprinted, and Exploration. Uh, and again, Exploration was like 60 bucks for the old uh, Urza's Legacy art. I think it's Urza's Legacy. It creeped up a lot. Yeah. So a lot of these cards had just been creeping up during this pandemic. So it's nice to see reprints of them. Um, how much the price has impacted, you know, I, I think it's still up in the air. I pulled the trigger on my Mox Opals today. Uh, I probably could have waited a week or so because um, I think right when the set releases is when things will be at their lowest. Uh, but still, you can't pass up a good deal. If I get a set for 130, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up. But yeah, um, you have a future home for those. You, you have an idea. Oh uh, yeah, probably that Bomberman. Deck. Okay, okay. So there you go. You walk the ballistas. We played it. I have the I have ballistas. I have LEDs. I have LEDs that I've never played with. <laughs> so like, you gotta use them. <laughs> you gotta use them. But uh, so yeah, like great point. Like. So Tony and I, we did a league with bom a Bomberman build, Bomberman-ish build. And if you've played Moto before, you know decks like that where it's like loops. They usually don't translate well to uh, Moto because it's all manual, right? You can't like demonstrate the loop and then like say, I'm going to do this 50 times. Um, so we played the uh, Urza Bomberman deck and yeah, it sucked. Like to kind of do the loop of generating mana with uh, LED and uh, Oriok Salvager, like it took like five or six minutes just to get like 30 mana and... 
you know, draw like eight cards with Mistress Bobble. And you did really good with that deck. Like it was posted on MTG Legacy Reddit where you were a semi-spice, uh, semi-spice, like 5-0. Yeah, yeah. No, so we we ran through a league. Uh, I've never played a deck like that. And Tony Hare, who has played Bomber in the past, like I asked him to join me on the stream. Yeah, and we went 5-0. Um, so the, the deck has legs. Like I said earlier, I think Chalice decks are great. This is a Chalice deck. It's also an unfair Chalice deck. Um, which I think also playing Unfair Magic right now is where to be because uh, Rug Delver is the top deck. So, yeah, you want to go over the top, right? Um, Chalice is great at slowing them down, and then you, if you can kill them before they get an Oko or something out to stop, you know, remove the Chalice. It's huge, right? Um, but yeah, I think the deck is definitely solid, um, and in paper, it'd be much easier to pilot. But yeah, we played Storm or, or Tess. I think Tess is the Storm variant right now. Yeah. Uh, of, I think this test is a little more favored than the end. It's because of Veil of Summer, right? Because of Veil of Summer. It's a crazy card. It kills Tendrils of Agony. Um, it's got to find a way to answer it. I've seen some Stormless draw and even a mainboard Fluster Storm, so you can try to counter the Veil of Summer. Yeah, or but, another card that's very popular is Mindbreak Trap. Oh yeah, I've I'm seeing my break trap all over the place. That, yeah. that has been very difficult because yeah, storm itself can run veil of summer, so they can neg all your counter spells. But my break trap, it doesn't counter. Does not exiles. counter. It just exiles the spell. <laughs> yeah. So from the inside, I've been more and more in favor of the main deck fluster storm, which I haven't played in quite a couple of years. But I think the meta has just shifted there. You have too many instant speed answers to storm that either you're on test or fluster storm but yeah i've not played against ant too much it's usually been tests right? or echo decks it has changed it definitely has changed uh though i have noticed my drink is a little short and uh, you guys will be right back all right welcome back our drinks are refilled and we're ready to talk about some more legacy you hear that ice right there? That is. You hear the ice? So we're all drinking old fashions right now. Thank and you, I think it's an appropriate way. drink for legacy players, right? Like it's the Remind old format, you? old fashions. Definitely. I don't know. I, think, I mean, maybe old school players should drink old fashions, but. You know. No, it's a true gentleman's drink. I think it's, yeah. It's legacy is a gentleman's yeah, yeah. game. I agree. All right. So we're going to jump into the most recent legacy challenge that happened yesterday. Ooh. Or today? No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. It was Saturday, yeah. Seven twenty. Um, twenty-five. What deck do you guys think won? Given the current meta, given everything you guys know about Legacy right now and how it's playing, what deck would you think won? Rug Delver. Rug Delver. Rug, Rug Delver. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would probably say something like Rug Delver. Um, Maybe Depths snuck through. No, I. No. I think Rug Delver probably, but. What if I told you ninjas won? I would like to see that what? list. I would want ninjas. to see that list. Uh, Pull that out. Yeah. I think it's uh, Blue Black Ninjas. Blue Black Ninjas took down the Legacy Challenge, uh, beating right. Dark Depths in the final. So uh, we have the list pulled up. It is Blue Black. Um, let's take a look. So it's got uh, the Creature Suite, which is going to be important since it's a ninjas list. It's, it has to be. So two Baleful Strix, which we all know is the second best uh Death Touch Bird. That's a good value. You have Changeling Outcast, which is a, a Modern Horizons card. It's a creature, one black, one one. It's Changeling, so it's all creature type. 
More it can't block and it ninja. can't be blocked. Well, more okay. importantly, it's a ninja. Oh, it's also it is also a ninja. Oh it's shit! Ninjutsu. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's got. Well, that no, it's not that you can ninjutsu it, but oh. any any triggers that ninjas give other ninjas, ha- this guy has. So I didn't attack the player, but he can't be blocked. I didn't even think of that. So one, okay, so this guy operates on two levels, right? One, he automatically enables ninjutsu because he can't be blocked, so you can ninjutsu a creature in. And then once he's in the play and you have a ninja that gives global effects to ninjas, he also will trigger that effect or that ability. Yeah. I didn't realize that yet. No, okay, that is relevant. We have Ingenious Infiltrator, which is a ninja. He's, uh, again, Modern Horizons. Uh, Ninjutsu, so he's a 2-3 for 4. Whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So, yeah, this guy works perfect with the Changing Outcast. So you can turn one Changing Outcast for one black. And then turn to attack with the changing outcast. Switch it out for two. Yeah, yeah, one black, one blue. You get this guy who's gonna draw, draw you a card. And then when you recast the changing outcast, that guy now draws you a card every time he attacks. You have Ornithopter, <laughs> which again, it's a zero drop. It's evasive because as flying. It does have flying. So usually your opponent might, I mean, outside of like Bolt or Fatal Push or something, they're not going to have a flying creature that can block I mean, your Ornithopter. Your Delver's never going to play. Well, I think we're forgetting the fact that, and, and I'm fast-forwarding a bit, it's, they have the Foundry, so this can upgrade. Well, yeah, that, that, that is another aspect of it, but this is also a good ninja enabler. Oh, yeah. Or ninja to enabler. For sure. And then the four copies of Yuriko, the Tiger Shadow, which was the Commander Ninja from a few years ago. Yeah, I like set. that he went with the full playset. Every time I've played against a ninja deck or something, I've only seen like two copies at most. But that you're going down on full four. Hey, it David. Makes sense. Your LEDs are six tickets on Moto. Your Rico is 34 tickets on Moto. That commander. <laughs> that commander <laughs> market's bringing it up. That is brutal. Um, and then it's the instant sorcery, four brainstorm, standard, three days, uh, drown in the lock, fatal push, four force, a murder's cut, four ponder, three thought seize, and then the spice is retrofitter foundry. Do you want to take that one, Sydney? Well, it's like I was saying is that it, you can upgrade your ornithopters later on. Uh, one of the modes of the factory is. Uh, Create a one-one server. Oh, I don't think you well, can. no, it, it, you jump straight to the last one, right? Oh, so yeah, you can turn one ornithopter. Yep. Cast retrofitter foundry. Tap it. Sack the thopter and kind of a four-four colorless construct. Turn one. But and in this meta, like it, you can kill all the elks. It can stop red or arcanist. But it turns into an elk. It can kill elks, but it's typically going to become an elk if it kills elks. Dang. Yeah, that is actually really good for one mana putting out the foundry. But you'll you'll have a a four four on turn one if like that's uh, good land, yeah that's a clock factory thopter four four on turn one I mean that's why Rug Delver plays the Hooting Mandrill it's the four four you know trampler yeah um and so when I saw this list I was like wait how did this beat Dark Depths and then I realized oh yeah this thing this retrofitter foundry just spews out flying thopter tokens which and are infinite chump blockers for Merrillish and though if you look. It's the Hamburglar. Can you beat the Hamburglar? Is it a Hamburglar? No, you cannot. You cannot beat oh, the Hamburglar. The, the player that won was the Hamburglar. Oh, so yeah. gotcha. Congratulations. <laughs> the Hamburglar. I deserve this one. Yeah, I mean. What a beautiful list. The thing with Depths is that you are able to make that uh, flying spaghetti monster uh, pro any color, but you're creating colorless flying things that can block it. Right? Because you were mentioning Sidereus Sider- 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 
What? With depth. When you go yeah, with Sejiri's Deep, you can you can get through most blockers. Most blockers one time, but this pumps out or can pump out a bunch of colorless thopters that you you know they're they're always gonna have the, the infinite blockers. Yeah, you chump, chump for days. Yeah, and yeah. depths does play stuff like Plague Engineer in the sideboard, but they gotta have it right. So for depths, you have the foundry to create infinite blockers. Yeah. For the well, rug delver setup. Yeah, four islands and two swamps. <laughs> this is barely running any duels. Yeah, it's two hundred ten seas. fetches. Oh yeah, ten That's fetches. It. Rug Delver ain't dazing or spell piercing anything of or, or wastelanding. You wasteland yeah. two seas. You, the two most common decks in the meta, you have the perfect answers for. Yeah, there's there's no. Question: Why this one? And if you this look at the sideboard, those two back to basics. Back to basics basic. is pretty big game. Yeah, yeah. eliminate. It's playing that new card from uh, M21. The uh, one black, one colorless, instant speed, destroy target creature or planeswalker with converted mana cost or three or less. Target Oko. That's what that is. So kill Oko or Teferi. Yeah, oh Teferi. But granted, when you're killing Teferi, it's at sorcery speed. <laughs> it is, but you're still <laughs> killing it. Three force of negation. Four Leyline of the Void, which I, I feel like this deck would be weak to Graveyard Strategy, so it makes sense. It has four Leylines. The Mirrors always have trouble with that. Liliana Last Hope, two of those. A Null Rod. Oh, look at that Null Rod. How much is it? $73. Yeah, that's, uh, that's 80 cents on Moto, though. <laughs> so on paper, eight, that, that was like a $15. Reserve list, yeah. bro. Oh, geez, about a year ago, it was 15 bucks. And then runs two Plague Engineers. So yeah, this deck. I had a playset of Null Rods, and I got them like. Oh, my God. 15 bucks. You still have them? No, I, I sold them. My yeah, I sold rods them. like in December. Yeah, like I did the same thing. Fifteen bucks each. Yeah, I, st I still have one. I have I have one because I like I you only uh, need one for the sideboard. Yeah, rug delver usually runs null rod. Yeah, or you can do in winter the orb and shit. Or what? Collector oaf. Uh oh yeah, blue red delver runs null right, rod. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, it it's it's interesting. It's crazy how much modern horizons is impacted legacy. What the, wait, wait, wait. How much is the Force of Negation? Force of Negations are... No, that's not correct. They're not $200 online. They're like 40 bucks. I'm hoping because it like says Card Kingdom is $200. Yeah, that no, is that's not right. That's so let's, let's see. We've got three... <laughs> wow, 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 wow. What and, a beautiful and, list. And if you look at it, they beat Dark Depths in the finals. Yeah, so they beat Dark Depths, um, which I think... It, it, like once they get the retrofitter foundry out, like yes, Dark Depths has a uh, pithing needle, which this the, the the second place list had two pithing needles, which stops the foundry, well, and, and then two in the sideboard too. Also four abrupt decays in the sideboard, so it has the full playset of pithing needles in the seventy five, and then four abrupt decays as well. But I mean, if you pump out enough thompers, you can stop them. Uh, the Dark Depths list, list is pretty standard. It, it is a Turbo Depths deck, uh, so it's running the Elvish Spirit guys, the Lotus. Oh no, Lotus Battles, interesting. So uh, is this medium depth, low depth? So I would say this is like, yeah. okay, so let's look at it. So 26 land sweep by you, Bog. Uh, the land sweep, land sweep is fairly straightforward. I would say this is like a medium depth build. However, it, it is a bit different, right? So I like Lotus Petal over Elvish Spirit, uh, Elvish Spirit Guide okay. in the medium depth build. Um, gives you both colors. Yeah, it gives you every color. Yeah, it gives you any color you need. Um... But yeah, the creature suite is four Dark Confidants, four Elvish Reclaimer, four Elvish Spirit Guide, and four Hex Mage. Um, wait, hold on. Whoa. So there is not, there are no Sylvan Safekeepers in the 75, which is interesting. So the protection is, um, wait, hold on. 
They don't even. They have don't even have none of this world. Wow, they so this is like. Oh, yeah, Security Steep is fine and all. Like so, like with Elvish Reclaimer, and and uh, crop rotation, you can grab the Security Steep. But yeah, this deck does not have a. Okay, no, there are two Sylvan Safekeeper in the sideboard. But yeah, main board, there's no protection for the combo, so it's kind of all in. Like, just hope your opponent doesn't have the answer. Because well, there is no protection. Usually you're going to see a Nod of this world in the main board or at least an Elvish, uh, Sylvan Safekeeper. But there's just two in the side, and that is it. Would this be more telling of what the current meta is? Because you had just said it earlier in the podcast that you don't want to play Depths anymore because it's not good. So maybe this just came out of, like, nobody is sideboarding for Depths. Well, I think, so here's the thing. You don't really have to sideboard for Depths because you have Oko. Okay. Uh, you have a lot of Quaddles that can block for a turn, and then you Elk, Dark, uh, but what this tells me is that this player was not planning, uh, was not expecting a lot of white. A lot okay. of white lot of white decks, right? No. was the four Thought Seasons and three Inquisitions. Sure. Yeah. But, but four... Seven Hand Hate is but, a nice amount of hand. But that's typical with this deck. Almost all builds are running four Duress, four Thought Seas, or four Thought Seasons, some number of Inquisition. So, like, every Dark Depths deck I've ever played has had seven to eight pieces of hand disruption. So this is typical. So but, then, let me ask you this. Not playing Depths at all and, like, trying to be Depths, because Depths was notoriously one of the decks I hated as a blue-red uh, player. Sure. All I had was a bounce spell. And so for you guys, the Steep takes that and covers that, especially with the uh, sideboarded safekeepers. So with that, wouldn't you be protected... Uh, Against Oko, a steep. Yeah, I mean, what for one turn? Yes. That's all you need is one turn, right? Uh, the Oko decks you t typically get over twenty life. Oh, okay. I didn't, so like, I, if I you didn't like one, that. if you can block with a uh, if block with a creature, or also the Oko decks like will will have food. So if they can, if you can get to twenty one or over twenty life, that's like a time walk, right? It takes two hits now to kill you. Um, I don't know. Like usually you do have some more protection than this, right? Like usually. You, you're going to see at least some not of this world main board or a, uh, a uh, Sylvan Safekeeper. But it sounds like this player was not expecting a lot of white or, I mean, again, Oko, like you can time it to where you make it in turn, end of turn, you attack, you have Steep ready. But like Steep is one card, and I guess it's a virtual five of with Elvish Reclaimer. Mm -hmm. But still, like there's not a lot of protection. So I, I'm assuming they did not, like, because like Swords of Plowshare is like the card, right? Swords of Plowshare always hits us. Karakas is a pain in the ass. Um, so I just kind of, it looks like they weren't expecting a lot of white decks. Now, not expecting a lot of white, let's look at the rest of the top eight. There is no white. <laughs> there are no white. No yeah. And surprisingly, I just realized this, there are two ninjas, there are two ninja There's decks in the top eight. two ninja decks, and our boy Tony made it into the top eight. Exactly. And we'll get to him in a second. So third place was uh, Rug Delver. Um, let's take a quick glance. Nothing too it's spectacular stock. about this. It's pretty stock. Yeah. Again, Hooting Mandrels has seen a resurgence. Well, you either do Mandrels and Tomagoy. So it's a 2-2 split. split on yeah. this list. Yep. With the Arcanist, which makes sense. And then obviously Clothis. Clothis? Is it Clothis? Yeah, Clothis yeah, is now a staple in Rugged Over Sideboard because so, it so helps you with that long game. It's so good. Um, they have your No Ride. They have oh. the Nova Rod. And then Winter Orb. I've seen Winter Orb is like a staple too now. Like right. Everyone's playing Winter Orb. In this list, they don't have the oof, so I guess they went with just uh, a non-creature. Yeah, no Rod. No Rod seems good. No, I'm saying like you either do Null Rod or oof. Yeah. Collect your oof. Fourth place is Dredge. 
Wow, this is uh, this is old school dredge. There's not even a. Is there? No, there's no hokex here. No, no. This is like old school, like old school, a few man, years ago dredge. So jumping ahead, like I actually watched Tony, our boy Tony Murata, play in top eight versus dredge, and that's what he lost to. So he lost to this list. And he was very cognitive of the fact that a hokex might be coming up, and he never saw it. Like in one of the games, they actually he's a dredge player went to one card in li library. And one so, card in the left. Yeah. Uh, wow. That was game three. And he, we got, the, the opponent was at like one card in the library and he had like one minute left. And there was just one misplay that like cost the game. The Tony made? Tony made, yeah. He uh, didn't Caracas his Iona because he was playing Iona. He was doing Dread Return for Iona. Oh my God. Oh, so he played Iona in the sideboard. Yep. Which is great against a green ramp deck. Yeah, so if he would have been able to like if he didn't forget to uh, Caracas the Iona, uh, he wouldn't have been able to Cabal to get like 37 zombies from uh, the Bridge from Blows. Oh my god! Be gosh. able to come back and swing for like 26. Wow. So yeah, this is a pretty old school dredge list. Um, yeah, and it's running Iona in the sideboard, which seemed to be uh, relevant. Chain of Vapor is interesting in dredge, right? Yeah, it is. Four, <laughs> four, four Chain of Vapors in the sideboard. Uh, and then they had some shenanigans. I think uh, you were to the Ley Lines, right? Leyland of the Void is pretty typical in dredge decks. Yeah. No, no, you do. You play Chain of Vapor, Vapor to get rid of your posing. Or just any hate. Hey, okay. Hey, but Leyland's great because it prevents their guys from dying, so your bridges never uh, die. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. Uh, so, yeah, Tony. Okay, so in fifth place, our buddy uh, Tony Murata, username is In2Play. I think this is like his third top eight in like the last like month and a half. Like yeah, This yeah. guy's been on a heater. Well, one, he's just a great player. If he's this time and plays Magic, he tops eight. Yeah, that's, so I I feel like Tony's top aided three or so challenges in the last like two months, and then also he top aided the energy the yeah. the, the NRG tournament last weekend, uh, losing to goblins in that one, which I was know, just it was like brutal. oh it was so bad the goblins just got him. But so uh, looking at Tony's list, I think he's back on. Oh, he's playing Alsora Shepherd, and this is just a pure I think mono green, right? Yep, it's mono green. Four Elvish Reclaimer, yeah, four Elvish Reclaimer, one Allosaur Shepherd, Emrakul, Kozilek, three Prime Times, Remnant Excavator, Rex Age, one Rex Age, one Ulamog, four Crop Rotation, four Green Sun Zenith, four Once Upon a Time, four Maps, and four Pithing Needles. This this is a solid list. Like I, I think it looks good, but I can see how Iona just fucking turns you off. Well, yeah. it, it wasn't even that. It was it was just that one thing that. So know. what was it? Like what was the play like? So it, uh, Dredge passed the turn. Murata had like 12 minutes left because Dredge was playing pretty slow. Uh, and he was able to, he had Caracas to able to bounce back Iona and he had to surgical the Icarids. Because that was the only, because the, the Dredge player only had two zombies and Iona when he had passed his turn. So he drew surgical extraction. He surgical the Icarids so he didn't have Caracas. Tony at the time I think was like at 20 life. He yeah. had, like, not done any damage. And if he would have been able to, like, bounce back to Iona and pass the turn, Dredge player would have drawn his card for his turn, passed the turn, attacked for foot four with his two zombies. Tony would have gone to 14 or whatever. And then he would have just passed it back, and the guy would have lost because not been able to draw a card. But the fact that he passed and then uh, the Dredge player was able to sacrifice the Iona with a Cabal, it uh, triggered a bunch of zombies. So would it have been better to surgical the bridges? 
No, I think the the correct. Oh play... well, if you have Icarid, you're gonna get yeah. rid... you're gonna get zombies either way. Right. So the correct play was get rid of all the Icarids because then he would have just been left with the two. It bounced Iona. Uh huh. And there was no way the Dredge player was able to recast. Oh Iona. my god! One land in hand, or one land in play. So. Well, that's why Magic is a very difficult game. Yeah, and then, and you know it's a long tournament. I think it'd been up since like midnight or something playing it. Yeah. And so when I like chimed in, it was I think. 10 in the morning i'm like dang you've been playing all night man yeah i think that yeah like that's that tournament or that one i think is like super like two in the morning three in the morning yeah, so it it's was not pretty, for u.s players yeah. typically some of these tournaments become endurance tests oh for sure it's like an iron man of magic yeah instead of who's the better player so this deck is pretty interesting i, I mean so I, I think it's like a tip like for us it's a typical tony deck and it's a typical 12 plus deck because we've seen it for years because he plays it all the time the one card that is interesting is a sideboard um, Miku Koro, Center of the Sea. And I guess that's just so he can draw cards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his I'm cards are a lot better than your cards. I'm cu- yeah, I'm curious how that played out. But yeah, I've, I've not seen Miku Koro in uh, the, the tight post decks. But I, I do. I, I am happy to see that Tony's back on primetime. I know that's one of his favorite creatures to cast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sucks, too, that he lost uh, that, that unfortunate circumstance. Uh, six play... Th- Sixth place was your Blue Red Delver. Again. Played by GPA. I think GPA is normally a show and tell player. I think he is. I think he is a uh, Blue Red. Uh, yeah, Sneaking Show. Yeah, this yeah. guy is. Interesting to change shift over there. This guy's got six pages of results on oh, yeah. Lodo. He crushed. Playing Sneaking Show since 2015. Wow. So, yeah, switch it up. I mean, we know Blue Red Delver and Rug Delver are very powerful decks. Switch it up. Was rewarded with the sixth place finish. Seventh place again. Right. We've got ninjas. Is there any differences? Moth Dust Changeling. A very different ability from the previous build. So it's just another somewhat evasive creature. So it's a one uh, one blue one 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 creature changeling. So it's a ninja. Uh, then you can tap an untapped creature you control to give it flying until it a turn. Um, that's that's interesting to say the least. This deck is also playing Ninja the Deep Hours, which is the old uh, Kamigawa Ninja, one of the original ninjas, I think. Yeah, I remember that one. But you can see that this deck is more focused on the creature side instead of on the control side. Yeah, it's 24 creatures in this list versus 18 in the the winning list. So, and and again, 14 instants in this, 14 instants in sorceries in the uh, seventh place list versus 21 in the winning list. So. Yeah, it's definitely very creature focused. Trying to get very those ninjas out. Very focused, and looks like for this tournament, did not pay out. Did not. I mean, hey, seventh place is pretty respectable, though. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, the last list, Demon Stompy. I like it. So four ancient team, two castle lockway, four city traders, nine snow covered swamps, two herborgs, two murder striders, uh, the dark rituals eliminate. Wow, four main board eliminate, and then it plays. It looks like a bunch of curses. Well, a and then of the Vo- four Chalice of the Void, four Chromox, Cruel Reality. The beginning of Enchanted Player's Upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature or Planeswalker. If they can't, they lose five life. Curse of Death Sold. Creatures Enchanted Player get maybe one, maybe one. Curse of Fool's Wisdom. Yeah, this is like a curse deck. The curse deck of the... Ends up in a Helm of Obedience combo? <laughs> no, it, it can do the Helm. Yeah, so yeah. like it operates on multiple axes, right? Like, it's a Helm deck. From the curses. 
it's four, <laughs> so it's four Leyland of Void Main, four uh, one Helm of Obedience with the Helm in the side, and you have four Karn Great Creators. So yeah, this is a Karn deck with four Mayborg Karns and Mycosynthesis in the side. You got the Leyland of the Void Helm combo, and then you can just curse your opponent out with a can bunch you, of shitty curses. Overwhelming Splendor is I'm not really clear. What overwhelming that Splendor is like a better version of uh, humiliate humility. Oh, okay. so it's a one-sided humility. Okay. It's an eight drop <laughs> from uh, Hour of Devastation, I think. Yeah, who, who doesn't have eight mana? Come on, yeah, right? But when you get to search up curses for free and put them into play, like, this is great. Basically, creatures in Chain Player controls lose all abilities and have base power toughness of 1-1. One, one, and Chain Player cannot activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities. So... I, I like it. I mean, it's got different access to win the game. You have the Karn Lattice, uh, Lattice Lock. Uh, you have Helm uh, with the Ley Lines. And yeah, then... like, it's hard to hate out this deck because it has three different ways it, it can win, right? On top it of can... that, it's got the Chalice to just, like, again. And then Trinisphere 2 is a, is a beating. Whenever I would go against a Trinisphere uh, versus, like, Blue Red Delver, paying three mana for a Bolt is, is not a, a good Yeah. Yeah, one mana per one per, per point in damage is not no, cost effective. Not good, no, three mana um, Delver's crash. No, this is a cool deck, man. Um, yeah, and I think the Chalice is there to buy it time, right? Like, it'll drop a Chalice to to, to kind of fumble up the opponent while it looks for one of its win cons. But yeah, that's a sweet deck, man. What's Dream Stealer in the side? Dream Stealer. What is that? So it's a human wizard. One black and two colorless. It has menace. It's a one-two creature. Whenever Dream Stealer deals combat damage to a player, that player discards that many cards. And then huh. you can eternalize it, For six mana. which turns into a four-four zombie from the graveyard. Uh, that's, I mean, that's interesting. It's a <laughs> one of like. Not a bad list. <laughs> it, hey, it hey, it's happy. Place in the Legacy Challenge. Which... Well, and that's the thing, like you can play with like these weird random decks like this and just like spike a tournament. But... Yeah, can I ask you this though? Like, as if you were sleeved up or whatever, loaded up on Moto, and you saw turn one City of Traders Chalice, you would not think this is the deck you're going against. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like they have the element of surprise. You don't really know what they're doing, mm -hmm. so you don't know what spells you need to deal with and like yeah like, and then eventually if they resolve something that you can't answer like it's game over right so i think decks like this like one it has multiple different avenues of winning but also like you have the element of surprise on top of that like in legacy historically enchantments are so hard to get rid of especially enchantments that cost more than three mana <laughs> correct no abrupt decay proof yeah if you can't abrupt decay like i mean yeah white has access to disenchant but that's about i mean <laughs> council's judgment Two yeah. yeah. No, enchantments are, are tough to deal with. Um, you can balance them with Teferi, I think. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, for a, yeah, yeah like, th that's really it. Like, there's not too much enchantment hate because enchantments aren't typically that uh, threatening. So speaking about, like, just expecting a deck after an ancient tune and Chalice of the Void, I've been playing the snow-covered lands in Ant lately, and those snow-covered lands have been able to kind of show the perception of an astrolabe, so like a four-color control, but looking at this recent top eight, there is no four-color control in this list at all. Do you think players that are playing snow-covered land over their basics just to have that slight edge, is that even worth it anymore? I mean, there's two different camps. I 
will will not play Snunk Over Lands because I like <laughs> I play Blue Red Delver and I like having my beta basics. And I know I'm losing some percentage points. I don't know what the number is on an edge when I fetch for a basic land and it's not snow covered. I think it also kind of depends on play style. If you play a more control type play style, if you are the type of player that just plays the land and puts a spell right out on the stack right away, sure, snow covered lands aren't anything for you. But like, if you want to hold back your cards and kind of fake the control style and you're a main player, Snow Covered's recently been a good thing to kind of sub your basic lands for. I agree. But then the question is that w- when eventually you go back to paper, are you going to be sleeving up Snow Covered lands? It's a tough call for me. I honestly have a set of summer basics and I have my set of snow basics. I've been playing my snow basics in the summer, my summer basics in the winter. <laughs> and like, weather is supposed to be cooling down soon. I have no idea what to play. I'm not seeing it. Four-color control top eight as much. Astral is not being that big of a top eight contender. Sure, during the last DNR session or whatnot, they said Astral is on the watch list. But I'm not seeing a top eight. Um, Espy, what's your thoughts on this? Um, so I will preface it with saying that I do love playing non-snow basics. Uh, like Sydney, I am budget-minded. So the best bang for my buck is beta basics, right? Like I love beta basics. I'm not gonna buy summer. I'm not gonna buy summer magic basics. I'm not gonna buy guru. Hey, I'm in the same school of art as you. <laughs> I just like a different board. Yeah, yeah. He likes the white border, but uh, so I, I do love beta basics. If I could play with them, that's what I'd play with. Um, however, I think there is the advantage with snow basics to kind of mis- mislead your opponent. Yeah. Um, and also, one of the, so one of the decks I am playing is uh, the Blue Green Omni Show deck, and I I'm a big fan of Icing Quaddle in the deck, so it's necessary to play these Snow sure. Basics. Yeah, turn it on. Um, but I mean, for example, a recent event I was playing it against, I think I was playing against Death and Taxes. In game one, my opponent killed me pretty quickly, like turn two Thalia. I never got to show any of my combo pieces, right? It's just cantrips and stuff and Quaddles. So my opponent believed I was on a four color Snow Oko deck. So game two, uh, there was a turn where my opponent cast Sanctum Prelate. And I was like, what the jig is up. Pitch. The jig is up. <laughs> if he names three, I'm done. But because he thought I was on a four-color snow deck, he named one. Ooh. And then on my next turn, I was able to cast Show and Tell, Omniscience, win the game. And I even asked my opponent, I was like, you thought I was on an Elko deck, didn't you? And he totally thought he totally right. thought I was, right? And that's why I think... Of, like you, you, you do get the percentage points are real that you get from playing snow basics, even though we don't really, you know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't mind the ice age ones. I like the ice age ones. Yeah, like, I still appreciate the old border on them. But now let's say you're playing something like Stoneblade, the fourth most common control deck. If you're playing a Stoneblade deck, would you play snow covered basics? Oh, I guess well, you are look. playing Astrolabe yourself because yeah. you are a three-color deck. Astrolabe is just so good at fixing mana. Like, So here's I the guess, deal. Yeah, it's just worth it in every single control deck. So if you're playing a aggro deck, why are you playing regular basics? Well, and here, like, I'm not discounting that you are. I am giving up points. I'm giving up percentage of points. Just on. to play your favorite basic. Yeah. So let's say you're going to a Grand Prix tomorrow. You're going to play a Legacy Grand Prix, and the goal is to top eight. 
Are you really going to play your beta basics over snow covered and, and, and lose, lose a couple of percentage what points? What we're talking about is play style, right? I'm sure. not a huge spike, so I'm not a guy who's like, oh, I need to get every single edge to get that 2%. Okay. I, like, I, I, and that's why I like Legacy. Legacy, to me, is a format that when you build your deck, it's a deck of love, right? And there are some people that play it super competitively, so they don't care what 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 set it's from, what if it's foil or not foil, if it's signed or altered. I like having this deck that is like true to its basics. Like the having the beta lands makes me feel like I'm playing an old school. So you deck. like to play with the cards that you want to play with. Correct. Even if yeah, that makes sense. Um, you're down to shave like that. Three percent, one percent. Plus, you play like blue red delver, so I don't think snow matters in that deck at all. Yeah, like, like one, you're, you're not trying to hide anything. You're trying to turn one delver. delver yeah, or, they know the like, jig is up. Yeah. yeah. Turn one. If I start bolting their face when when I see no creatures, they're gonna know that like, all right, I'm gonna, I've got a clock, so I gotta yeah pick up sure. the pace. So, so my thing though, like I, as someone who hates wasteland, like I hate being played I against me that. like i love playing wasteland right but i whenever i play a league or something and like i i fetch basics all day long even if i'm not playing astrolabe like if i can invalidate my opponent's wastelands i'm gonna do it right so an astral and if you are playing an astrolabe deck it even makes it that much easier to play a four color five color deck with all basics to where you can't yeah. get strip mined wasteland doesn't do shit so I feel like the the snow deck snow is super powerful, and there was actually a list uh, the five owed that played. It was like a snow list, and it played Merit Lage's Slumber. I don't know what that what is. is that? Yeah. It's the enchantment from Modern Horizons. It's the rare. Uh, it was the blue enchantment. If during, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have ten or more snow permanents, sacrifice Merit Lage's Slumber and create twenty twenty Merit Lage. Oh wow! And they didn't even play any snow basics. They played like Snowlands from Cold Snap. They played Quaddles. They played Astrolabe, I believe. Maybe I haven't looked at the list in a, a day or two, but yeah, this deck like it was just like a testament to how powerful Snow is. That this guy five owed playing a deck with this terrible enchantment didn't even play Snow Basics, but I'm assuming he was likely able to turn on the uh, Merlage's Slumber or whatever the card is. <sighs> how do you oh. have ten permanents if you don't have Snow Basics? Well, you have astrolabes, you so have quaddles, you, you, have, you have scrying sheets, you have oh, mouth of Ronin. So it, ha it had Ronin. other. What? What's with mouth of Ronin? You, uh, you want me to pull up the list real quick? I know we're kind of getting close to time, but I can pull it up real quick. I mean, don't get me wrong. In this like moto world, there's no difference from like playing snow basics. I would just do that in moto world. But like in paper, I, I'm gonna go with my my beta lands. I want to do like you know. You feel comfortable with playing. And it's, it's a, to me, it's like I like looking at them when I fetch for them and having them on the battlefield. Yeah. I myself have been kind of just thinking about the summer lands. And, I don't know. I, I think I might cut them from my collection slowly. I mean, that's a big I chunk mean, of change. It is a big change, but I've been playing my snow lands for quite some time, and... They just seem like the correct lane. Even if Astrolabe somehow gets removed, I kind of like snow. I've been a more of a winter guy myself, living in Arizona. Oh, wait. So you've been converted. I, I think with this forced change on snow lanes, I think it converted me onto snow lanes. Okay, okay. Astrolabe, here or not, I kind of like my snow lanes. 
I've been liking that. Plus, you know, the border kind of matches my uh, dual hands. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, you have the black border alpha duels, which is very envious. But uh, us plebs, some of us do FBB, some of us have to do revised. I'm trying to, trying to find this list real quick. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Snow is here to stay. Okay, so let me ask you this. If Astrolabe, if Astrolabe goes away, Snowlands go away, right? I kind of think so. Uh, uh, Astrolabe's uh, definitely... Well, I mean, you just said this guy... Okay, so here's the list. Slumber. So four Ice Fang Waddle, two Uros, four Life in the Loam, three Crop Rotation, four Astrolabes, four Mox Diamond, four Exploration, two Meritlesia Slumber, which is a two-drop enchantment, when Meritlesia Slumber or another Snow Permanent enters the battlefield under control, scry one. The beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more snow permanents, sack this card. You get a 2020 Merit Lage, right? The land is 33 lands, so three Dark Depths, four Frostwalk Bastions, another Modern Horizons card, which is a snow land. It is. Ghost Quarter, Mace of it, Mouth of Ronin. Top to add one one color, one mana to your mana pool. You could pay five to have it deal four damage to a creature. What? <laughs> three Riftstone Portal, Scalding Tarn, Scrying Sheets, another uh, Cold Snap card. Um, Yeah. <laughs> this deck 5 0 Well, he's got All a lot. Right. So it doesn't run snow basics. It doesn't run snow. That's the irony in it. A lot of the snow lands. Yeah, there's a lot of snow lands. I thought there was, like, so you have four Frostwalk Bations. So it has s s uh, nine snow lands, three Scrying Sheets, two Mouth of Ronin, four Frostwalk Bastions. But no, yeah, I guess the deck has no basics. Is, this, is the, the, the Slumber itself a snow? In, in it is snow. It is a snow card. Yeah, that's one of them right there. <laughs> So I think it's cool that someone chose to try and break this card. I don't know, I don't know if they broke it, but they went 5-0. So. I would like to see how many times that actually cracked. I would think Uro would probably get you, win the game more than anything. Yeah. But, but hey, when, when the long game comes, you can draw... Oh, wait, you also have Dark Depths, which is a Snowland. So you have 12 Snowlands, 4 Ice Fangs, and 4 Astrolabes. So a, a, thir a third of the main... Oh, no, but then you also have 2 Merit Slumber, so... More than a third of the deck is snow. So yeah, that makes sense. And, and this is just a, a depth deck. Yeah, I mean, at, at its core, it is also just a depth deck. So. So it can win out of nowhere, but it has a long game plan. It has a song of creation in the sideboard. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's a wild list. Um, all those lands. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so I think we covered most of the challenge and some of these spicy lists. Uh, anything else before we wrap up, guys? I think we did good. It was a good legacy talk. Right. Thank you for joining us this week. Yeah, this is our inaugural cast. It will get better. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you next week, guys. Thanks for joining us.